0: Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. for joining us for another episode as always we would like to thank adrian sanabria for the intro music of the chaos plan and the in-game music was brought to you by tabletopaudio.com if you have any questions about what we're doing and how we come up with the rules maps places anything like that check out our website www.theadventuringguild.com and click on the chaos plan tab up at the top This will also give rules on character creation and how you can join the show. To join, just visit our Patreon page and donate $1 a month to get in on these games. The more people we have, the more games we can run because schedules will line up better. And by joining, you are guaranteed a spot in this campaign. We will be running lots of different groups through, hopefully very soon, and since we're keeping it on an active timeline, we should be able to keep everybody managed as far as who is playing where and when. If you are unable to join but enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review as that is how we will be able to get in front of more people and have more wonderful, talented people join the show. And please feel free to share any of our posts on your social media of choice. We are on Facebook and Twitter. For both of those, just search for The Adventuring Guild and we'll pop up one way or another. So thank you very much and we hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of The Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. We'll go ahead and let Brayden take over as uh, we are in part two of this first uh, group two group game thingy. So, go ahead and take it away. Alright, well,
1: previously on the last
2: episode, I suppose you thought, uh, you all went to try and find a job as you completed a number of tasks that Uh, Gone through the festivals Uh, You eventually met each other and decided to stick together uh, Before being approached by an elderly woman who asked for your help Offering to pay a decent amount of coin you followed her where she took you to an orphanage at the docks. You all asked what exactly was going on She told you she wanted you to try and find the source of a violent drug known as Scorch which was what she believed to be being either brought in, made by, or supplied by one of the three street gangs within the docks, either the Slicers, the Ode, or the Grey Jack. She told you that she had acquired a number, of a few details about their whereabouts uh, on the evening coming, and told you that Rook Seeljo, the leader of the Slicers, was bringing in a shipment, unknown shipment, at the dock. Bromwell Midnight Mine, at, oh, the old lady told you Bromwell Midnight Mine was going to be having a sleepover with the son of Debol Shen, a sort of renowned magical collector man that is in the council. Uh, his son Sadi Shen was apparently going to be having a sleepover at the Shore Eyes Sailor Inn and drink with Bromwell. He went there and ...interrogated the heck out of that poor bartender, uh, and didn't get too much out of it. And then finally you were told that Rafael Isle was meeting with a represent- representative from someone in Bayport. You're unsure where exactly, or what exactly, they are doing, but do you know that they are meeting upon one of the Merchant Guild Warehouses roof. He's gone around investigating a little bit, trying to discover who exactly was supplying this scorch in doing so. Alcifat consumed some scorch with the natural 20, managing to enjoy a good a good high, I suppose. And then uh, continued your investigation around, uh, finding out that no one was really welcome within that shore eye sailor in and drink as the meeting was meant to be inconspicuous. And you also learned that a shipment is being brought in just after dark at one of the docks, of which you found out exactly which one after Arpeggio had bribed one of the dock workers to tell him. You uncovered
1: that, and I believe that is where we've met the dock. I also have fire resistance, so I mean, like, you know, just sports you know, shouldn't do that much to me, right? i want dragonborn, I take it. <laughs> exactly. So think of the other poor people who are consuming this stuff. <laughs> think of the
3: outborn children.
2: Exactly. <laughs> the gnomes, okay. the goblins There's almost, almost a check for addiction level as well, because the substance is known to be uh, incredibly yeah. addictive.
1: But you don't have any urge currently to keep consuming score, but... Um, all right so it seems like our main issue right now is timing is that that sounding correct because we all got we have several different opportunities to you know catch these um gang leaders but they're all on the same night um we know the general timing for some of them but not for others so yes we should fix this what time is it right now uh, it'd be just passing after the midday. Okay, so we sh- we have some time. Um, so we know approximately when the um the small ship is heading into the dock. We know what dock it's heading to. Um, we know that there's going to be a meeting with the um on top of the warehouse. Uh, do we know a time for that, or is that one of the more general ones? that was definitely one of the more general ones. uh there's probably like sometime after dark
2: yeah I think there's about six warehouses so I mean it'd be the case of just checking around all of them to find out which one you can see people meeting atop of right, or a even exactly you've got the perfect sort of scout
0: for sure I'd send them out and uh uh we'd just kinda wait until we pick something up as long as you guys can watch my back so that I don't get you know Ganked in the middle of nowhere. I'm totally fine sending them out. I don't think we have to yet, or we could.
3: So, would you necessarily have to share vision with it for it to like swap in your brain to let you know somebody's there?
0: Nope. I can tele- uh, telepathically communicate with it, so uh, I don't actually have to see the senses. Okay. Might not
3: be a bad idea just as a cover our own butt kind of a deal. Yeah. Everyone you know, else. Like are? Remember uh, bargaining for
2: having written in the contract? Joe knows that slaying these gang leaders would grant you a potential extra one to two gold.
0: I'd be like. totally down to incapacitate, but I'm still, you know, kind of iffy on actually killing humanoid-ish people unless I have a really damn good reason. Um, but I'm totally down for
4: trying to incapacitate. I just worry about power vacuums. Yeah, I was kind of worried about that too. Because we kill them, and the one that prefaces them is much worse. It's bad. Well, yeah, and coming
3: from the fire I've seen what happens when everybody is ruled under one tyrannical fist. Yeah. Not sure if I like the idea of uh, straight up murder.
0: <laughs> yeah, same what? here. Like I, like I said, I'm totally fine with just beating the crap out of them until they're unconscious, and then you know, signaling one of the temples of justice or something like that to, to pick him up or something like that, or even just knocking him unconscious for however long, tying him up, completing our goal, and then just leaving him tied up until some of their buddies come and release him. You know, as long as we get the goods, I'm fine with that.
3: I am a-okay with that plan. Loss, we leave a message saying, from your friendly neighborhood at Hill Hill.
0: And when you What's say the adventuring about? guild, I'm like, hey, as a matter of fact, I have a guild for it. No. I'd wait until the very end to do that.
1: <laughs> what about you? What up I'll put that? Um yeah, I don't know. I got no problems. Uh you know, murder. I seem like bad people. <laughs> um I just don't know what what like I'm iffy about the intentions of the of the matron. That's all. She seems very intent on that murdering all of them when that doesn't seem necessary if what she wants is like less drugs. I think we
3: did an insight check on that. and no, it more or less came down to she really is looking out for the kids and really thinks this is the biggest the possible problem for them. They get yeah. to recall for that effect. Yeah.
0: Like I said, I'm, I'm totally down with you know not actually killing them if we don't have to. I'm, I'm still kind of iffy on it. I mean, I'm I, you know, Raven Queen being my patron and everything else, I'm, I'm still a little bit iffy on just outright slaying sentient humanoids um, without a very, very good reason. And I, I mean, yeah, they've been given the orphanage problems and that kind of stuff, but I'm not, I, I would rather sick the Justice Temple on them, uh, you know, after we find out where they're at and all that kind of stuff and let them deal with the problem than us bloody our hands with it. What is the Justice Temple? Uh, it's one of the temples, like, basically the Temple's guild area, like, there's a big um, it, it's kind of like extra men- extra-dimensional space where the Temple's district, there's just when enough people worship a certain aspect or deity or whatever a temple is just kind of constructed or appears either from that deity's plane or from, you know, being constructed or whatever, but space opens up for those temples, so if there's something that can be worshipped and enough people worship it, it exists. Um, So justice being one of those main central concepts of, you know, law and order and everything would have enough followers to have a temple. And uh, I think in several different episodes, we've had uh, justice temple clerics kind of serve as law enforcement, for lack of a better term. Right, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, so um, I'm totally down with sending the raven up whenever we're ready. Other than that, I'm just kind of Making sure my glaive is summoned and and prepped and ready to go. And as soon as we figure out a game plan, I'm fine with executing it without actually yeah, executing I th- people.
1: I think it's still around midday, Brayden said. So I think we still have some time to um, you know plan out what we want to do. Maybe try and um, find some more information on what we're walking into before we do anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, does there appear to be a whole lot of? Um, Merchants or people hanging out in this area that don't look too shady that I could maybe question, uh, like hired hands, laborers, that kind of stuff? Yeah, probably
2: about two docks down from where you are. There's a uh, small merchant vessel with a bunch of people sort of unloading it, stacking boxes and crates on top of each other, and a man with a large blooming hat sort of overseeing the whole experience.
0: I would probably not question the head foreman leader, big hat dude right away. I would probably just kind of, you know, offer to, if if a box looks terribly big or heavy or something like that, I would kind of grab the other end of it and say, hey, let me give you a hand with this. By the way, have you seen any so-and-so and, And, you know, uh, like, have you noticed any unsavory types around? Have you, you know, uh, noticed any shady looking people coming and exchanging money for, for, you know, goods they probably shouldn't have, you know, kind of help them out um, while questioning and asking the hired help questions.
2: Sure, you'd see a sort of older man uh, with a sort of very tan and de-weathered skin, wearing some overalls and a sort of canvas bucket hat. He's struggling lifting a box, and you immediately rush over and give him some assistance. Would you just uh, ask what you
3: you
0: just mentioned? Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd give him a hand, and while helping him out, I'd say, Oh, by the way, you know, I've I've heard that there's some folks around here probably selling some stuff that, you know, people shouldn't be getting their hands on. Uh, You know anything about that? Seen any weird types
4: running around? Anything like that?
1: Oh, I mean, I've had my pocket picked a few
2: times, come in and out of city every couple of days with different shipments and whatnot. But, I mean... The gangs are getting pretty rampant, honestly.
0: Oh well, where, where you know, where around here is the you know most of that activity happening? You know, I'm a little bit concerned about you know who all's running around. You know, where, where, where should I avoid for sure?
2: Uh, he points off to the south, the southern side of the docks, and says, um, "I don't very much like going down there. Uh, the ruffians down there seem to." But i like given people beats, so I stay away from that.
0: Oh and man, that's points
2: up, up, up to the northern side where you know uh, the dwarves are mostly located, and says uh, those ones don't give me too much trouble. But I like just going straight down the middle here. And he points to just past the, uh, where, the sorry the warehouses, and uh, that beyond that is a small uh, sort of commons district. And he points over there and says that. He has a few friends that he likes staying with
0: there. Okay, man, that that's that's rough, you know. What what time does a lot of this stuff come down? you know or what time does a lot of this stuff go down? I don't wanna, you know, be here too late in the evening if it's happening at night, you know. I wanna make sure I'm not around that, that south area there. Oh yeah, definitely.
2: More around the eastern. But I mean you could go down there now
0: uh, look for trouble I'm sure you find her. Oh man, well th- thanks for warning me and letting me know all I'll keep that in mind, you know. You you have a good day, and be careful. Don't hurt yourself too bad with these boxes. Oh, I
1: appreciate it. You be careful now.
0: All right, then I would reconvene and, and pass that info along. All right.
2: But from what it, what it seems like, from what he's told you, the and what you know, having uh, Arpeggio, who's a fair expert on the different workings of the games here,
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the southern side seems to be... A lot of Haruq and his sort of henchmen. The middle, the mid ground kind of seems more run over by the Grey Jacks, who you know are more business allocated and not necessarily too much about, you know, hurting people all too much. And the northern side, uh, obviously, is where Brumwell and the Oak are working.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit con- not concerned, but I'm intrigued by the fact they say that, you know, if you go down there now, you could probably find trouble if you were looking for it. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we want to necessarily wait until evening time to do scouting and that kind of stuff. I, you know, I would be more than happy to send my raven out that direction, you know, now start scouting the area out and, and uh, picking, you know, not necessarily a point of entry, but... You know, some you know that kind of thing. You know, knowing what's where and what to look out for. So I'd be willing to do that if somebody could watch my back while I'm I'm doing that. And if any of the other group wanted to, you know, kind of circle some of the other warehouses and make sure that there aren't any super obvious escape routes or hidey holes they could dive into. You know, we could maybe get in and out of here without too much trouble.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, Arpeggio would stay behind with Bob. And just to keep them safe.
0: Okay, yeah, then I'd definitely send my Raven up.
1: Yeah, I can take a couple walks around the block, and uh, while they're doing this, and just scout out um, kind of the scenery around, just uh, to get a little
0: lay of the land. Yeah, well, and as a cleric, I don't think many people would mess with you, especially a life cleric. You know, don't don't shoot the medic. You never know when you might need them, kind of a I'll, thing.
1: Yeah, I'll heal some sick. I look like I'm doing something nice for a change. So. All right, so sending your raven up into the sky, you fly down in the direction that
2: you heard the man point and say that you could find trouble down there for sure. Uh, I'll get you to make me a perception check. Uh,
0: That is a 15.
2: All right, so as you are peering down over this section of the city, you can see there's lots of warehouses down here, uh, a lot of tents for the festivals that are being sort of packed up and the festival grounds themselves, which are also being packed up currently. Uh, you see off to the side, a in between two of the large warehouses, a couple of ruffian-looking parts, very large and muscular, uh, standing around a sewer, sewer drain, and then um, almost looking like they're guarding over it. And you watch as a few people sort of crawl up through the drain and then step out onto the street in between these two warehouses.
0: Okay, yeah, I make note of where that is because that's probably probably going to be our our locale of interest. So then I would circle back, or no, I would actually probably perch the raven somewhere nearby inconspicuously um, and just kind of have it keep an eye on everything until uh, Alcifat gets back from his uh, trip around the block. All
1: right, you just keep it yeah. away from, and uh, you want to keep things. <laughs> Um, is anything out of the ordinary when I'm walking around or, um, you know, any kind of escape route or secret entrances or anything like that? Can you make me a perception check, please? Yes, okay.
2: That's an 11. Alright, so as you're walking, are you walking down in that general area as well? Yes, yeah. Uh, there's lots of people moving tents around and you're kind of being caught in between a few of them as you're moving you see off in the distance some sort of larger looking parts moving around throughout the warehouses but you also notice sort of guards also doing patrols through there and just lots of people packing up from the festival the night before. Okay, so nothing out of the ordinary really? Nothing that's looking to sort of like a dangerous situation or anything that you wouldn't right. expect to see. Just because someone's large and rough looking doesn't necessarily mean are, I suppose. Right, okay. I shout that to Bob. I don't know where he is. Oh. All right.
4: <laughs> you just shout it. Yeah. I <laughs> think Bob's back, at the, back along the docks, and you're just walking through
2: the
1: streets. Bob! Everything looks good. <laughs> I can shout at his and I
0: can. <laughs> okay, yeah, when, when I see ElsFed, I would, you know, wave him over to our direction, and uh, <laughs> we can all exchange information and stuff, and then... Uh, If anybody else wants to do anything else, you know, I don't think any of us should go back twice, kind of a deal. You know, not be too suspicious, but if anybody else wants to do anything, great. If not, uh, we can probably just bide our time nearby until it gets closer to evening and then, you know, send my Raven out for, you know, 20 feet ahead, recon, and kind of follow it.
2: As you are sort of looking down on this little sewage rain. Uh, the men are kind of guarding around the outside, these big rough types. Uh, You watch a few guards kind of walk by and they give them a nod and smile and pretend like they're just talking amongst themselves. And as the guards sort of begin trailing off and walking around the other side of the warehouse, uh, a few of them stomp their foot very hard upon the ground. And you watch the sewer drain open up and stepping out, or climbing out from the drain, is this incredibly large and muscular half-ogre man with a huge jaw? You watch as he kind of, like, just works his way out of this drain and gets up. Half-ogre or half-fork? A half-ogre. He stands probably ten foot tall, cowering over the top of these other people around. Is that, uh, Tarouk Steel jaw I
0: it's would assume... Yeah, I would There's assume
2: shooter, so considering the how um, rare Harpers would be.
0: Yeah, I would definitely I assume so. Then I would probably set my Raven to, you know, keep an eye on where he ends up. Um and then when we end up doing our our, you know, raid, we could either avoid him or if we don't find what we're looking for anywhere else, it's probably gonna be with him.
1: Well we can follow we can follow him now. Like we can try and you know, if he ends up being alone or in a really small group now, we can just get this taken care of.
0: Yeah, that's and, true. You
1: know, interrogate how him, does he have in his pocket?
2: Currently, he'd have three around him. He's he sort of turn. You'd see Bob. You'd see him sort of turn around and sort of say something down into. Oh, you would not understand what he's saying. I'd say, uh, "Kupen conspicuous for now." And he gets back up, looking around, and. Mm says to his goons alright let's go and he begins trailing down towards where all the pets and stuff are being moved
0: okay I would relay all that to the group and I would be confident in us being able to handle that I've got several less than uh, great cards up my sleeve but I think I'm pretty sure that we can take it three guards worth plus him I
1: think it's a matter of finding the right place um, where it'll be a little bit out of sight where we aren't drawing too much attention. Yeah, I think it'll be better if we do it this way. That way we aren't, like, doing three fights right in a row if we end up, you know, doing everything tonight. Yep,
0: yeah, I would, uh, you know, just keep my familiar kind of tailing it until we find an advantageous location that he ends up, and then uh, we depart that way once we find that. Uh, while I'm waiting, though, for all that to happen, I would summon my glaive and... and give thanks to my patron for uh, the powers that I am given and basically start charging up uh, one of my abilities that I don't want to reveal to my friends because it makes me look like a horrible, horrible individual.
2: (laughs) Alright. Anything else you guys would like to be doing prior to heading over
4: in that direction? Well, while we're heading over I'm going to be asking Mm. Bob for information regarding the mark, like how many, how many henchmen he has, what weapons are they using, some battle battle tactical stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, can I make a perception check with my uh, raven to kind of see what they're equipped with, or if they look like they're, you know, who's the softest and squishiest and who's going to be the tank? So, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, that wasn't super great, that was a 12. All oh,
2: right, uh, you can see Hung from the side of Taruk is a what you would assume to be an incredibly large shovel with a very very uh, wide shovel head. Uh, the other three bandits or bandit types appear to one looks like he's got uh, some heavier looking gloves on. Another doesn't appear to have much on him at all, and one looks like he's yeah it doesn't look like he has anything on him. Right?
0: Okay, I would relay that to everybody.
2: Right. I'll get you to make a stealth check for your raven as well while oh, yeah. you're following behind them. They're walking sort of into some crowds now, people moving tents and things, and trying to get them loaded up to okay. take off to wherever their place of is. Uh,
0: that was an 18 plus 2 for 20.
2: All right, I'm not even going to roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the most perceptive kind. Yeah. All right, so you all... Continue on forward towards the southern side of the dock. Yeah, because yep. I don't think you really wanted.
3: None of us are dwarves, so we can't really hide at the northern side. No, it's
0: and I'm much, yeah. No, and I'm in red robes with a black leather mask on, a raven mask. So I'm going to be a little bit conspicuous no matter <laughs> where we are. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, then yeah, I don't see a better plan for Erno. Off to the south side we go. Yep. All right. So you
2: all walk your way down to where Bob had. Uh, Bob is telling you that they are located. All right, so as you continue walking your way down, uh, Bob, you pass your vision through your raven, and you see that the four of them have begun sort of walking throughout these tents and really looking over everyone. Okay. Their eyes are just sort of like, as they walk by people, they're kind of looking down on them and, like, looking in the things they're carrying.
0: Then, uh, yeah, I would just, I guess, keep on and keep it on.
1: Alright, yeah. Um, I think we just wait for a uh, good opportunity, just to keep watching them until we find, like, an alleyway or something to jump them from.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like
1: that. I figure with the Raven, we can just kind of tail them from a ways away, and then when we get an opportunity, you know?
4: Yeah. So, while we're heading there, I'm going to ask you, if any of you have, can do any something about my armor, which is. Pretty much clean and shiny, as it might attract some attention.
0: I wouldn't have anything major uh, that I could do other than, like, give you my cloak or smear some dirt on you. Um, Maybe stick a couple raven feathers on you. Opposite of (laughs) (laughs) precipitation.
3: Yeah, produce flame. I mean, I mean, don't burn me. Yeah. Not you, but I'm just thinking, like, you could use the... Depends on what the armor's made of. It wouldn't harm it, but just like regular question, right? Blackens things.
0: Oh, what it's if you good. just Yeah, what if we just grab some like crappy debris or whatever and made some ash and then just smeared some ash on it. Yeah. Dulled it.
3: That's just kinda of, even then, like if you hold a candle over something, it gets warm but it also blackens it with the suit.
0: Well, and but the other thing is we're also in the middle of the street following these people, so we probably if we haven't if you have if your armor hasn't been noticed yet, I doubt it's going to be until we get, you know, close enough that it's not going to matter anymore. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) There. (laughs) Okay, yeah, then I say we just continue following until we find an alley that they turn down that's, you know, deserted enough we can jump them and try and catch them by surprise. All right, so
2: it's not difficult to find Taruk as he towers above everyone else in the street around him, but I'll get you all to roll a stealth check as you're making your way towards that
0: group. Raven 2 or just me? Ah, uh, just all, all the four of you. Okay. Uh, that is a 15 for Bob.
3: I got a crit, and then this time it's the good crit. Got 20. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we forget that you're there. You're, you're like Fim to your levels of stealth right now.
4: <laughs> oh, natural. Oh, disadvantage. Do we have disadvantage? No, no I don't Because of his armor. Ah, oh. oh. Yeah, the
2: 48.
4: The 14. 14.
2: Okay. Well, you all managed to beat their best perception roll yet of the 12. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Except except one. But I'll give you a majority. Uh, You all managed to go unnoticed as you're walking through the crowd. There's fairly crowd in this area. Uh, There's lots of people moving, bright, colorful tents everywhere. So the colors and everything around you, there's different kinds of people of all types so they wouldn't take that notice of you and they don't manage to see that you're sort of eyeing in on the either. Uh, you'd you'd see Taruk's head sort of turn around and face back towards the warehouses as he sort of trails a person that he's locked eyes onto and he sort of nudges the other uh, goons around him and you watch them all turn around and begin like following this person. You see them begin like slowly trailing behind them as this person begins walking
0: off okay I say we try and intervene before they do anything to them but let's you know wait until we're 100% sure there isn't going to be too much collateral damage Yep. and I'll whisper to everybody around me um, I'll say wait until I pronounce their doom and like right before we're going to attack I will just randomly say that wait until I pronounce their doom and then I would strike as soon as that opportunity arises
4: Wait, uh, what's oh, that? The am uh, also very word? What's that? Don't worry about it. We'll <laughs> it that would that be the figure signal? Down. I mean, what would be so the signal do. You'll, you'll know. That,
0: like, you it, know. Would, it would literally be as we attack. That would be, like, the last thing I say before I literally attack them. So I would wait until that moment because I'm not sure, you know, how close we are, that kind of stuff for Braden's mechanics-wise. But, like, that would be the very last thing I whisper before taking you know, an attack.
2: Alright, so the merchant who they're following breaks off from the crowd as his eyes sort of gaze behind him looking at these goon types beginning to chase him and he starts sort of running off at a slower pace but begins running off into the warehouse district all the warehouses, sorry. And eventually the merchant takes a hard left turning around a corner uh, you all follow behind as the goons also uh, rear that corner and you watch the Merchant Man sort of slow up, not being the most constituted fellow and not having the greatest cardio in the world, he, and carrying his large uh, sort of tent with all his belongings. He sort of grinds to a halt, puffing, and turns around, his eyes sort of looking up towards this massive, imposing figure that looms over top of him.
0: Um, do we get a surprise round or anything like that, or is this going to be roll initiative and then decide? Uh...
2: I say with the, they would have gotten around the corner first. If you all want to make stealth checks, we can see how this would have been an extra like minute or two after what your previous stealth roll was. Okay. So you'd read around this corner, the alley, or the alleyway between the two warehouses is about fifteen foot wide.
0: All right, eleven plus one for twelve. Eleven for me. Seven. Uh, ten.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, they all managed just what you this done. Uh. You see one of the goons at the back who's sort of turned around and is facing the other way just in case a guard comes. Sees you all rear around the corner and it immediately begins like punching the back of the people behind him trying to get their attention. So get you all to roll initiative. Bro. All
0: right. A whole 13. Oh, no. Three.
3: We were not ready for this fight. No. Oh, 18. Oh,
0: wow. Woo-hoo.
3: All right. Well, one of us was. <laughs> Rick rolled a natural
2: one. <laughs> and the goons didn't roll much better with a nine. Do you usually roll uh, all the enemies together, Bob? Or? Uh,
0: if there's a distinct difference in ability or importance, I roll them in different groups. Uh, otherwise, I like usually put all minions in one and then the other in the other.
4: So, how many are present right now? I mean, enemies around? Uh,
2: there's three large, they just look like. Big beefy humanoids, and then there is one uh, half-ogre, the leader to So There's only four enemies present. Four oh, enemies. Here. All right. So going first is going to be Arpeggio. So okay, there's about, so two... about 20 okay. feet 20 in front of you, sort of gathered in a group. Taruk is at the front of them, and the other of uh, the others are spread sort of behind him. There would be a five-foot gap on the right side of the uh they're sort of crowding around this little
4: bunch of okay i would step forward 10 feet and i'm gonna activate my ambit of authority oh, wow. and then that would be uh i will be using the damage bonus so anybody within 10 feet of me or any allies within 10 feet of me gets a plus one to damage oh wow and that's my action yeah, I haven't seen my like fight before. So yeah, oh, that would be my turn first. For now,
2: yeah. So how, did, how does your uh, how does arpeggio activate this? What would the sort of what would the what would oh. she look like? She's doing when she
4: is activating. It? Actually, yeah, it's a heat No, because I changed it. He, Sure. Yeah. So I would be taking my battle standard, which actually serves as my fight. So I would be stomping it on the ground and unfurling the flag. All right. As you so, saw, yeah.
2: the bandit sort of that was at the back looking towards you all and spotted you all, just sort of smiles and sort of knocks on the backs of people behind him, and it's like, who are these jokers? <laughs> kind of gets his fists ready. That'll bring us to you, Bob.
0: OK. I uh, point my glaive in their direction. And I shout out, and my uh, voice resonates in a three-part harmony with this. My patron has chosen you for the slain. And I point at whichever one, not the big boss, but whichever minion looks like he's going to be the first one to attack. And um, I pronounce his doom. The next time he takes damage, an additional 3d6 will be added to the total. And that oh takes my wow. full action as, like, ravens and, like, murder of crows type things start circling the bastard. Yeah,
2: Yeah, terrible. So the one, the one who raised his fist at Arpeggio uh, appears to be the one who's looking ready to attack first.
0: Okay, then, yeah, it would be right on him. So the next damage he takes, uh, an additional 3d6 will be dealt. Damn,
2: yeah. So crows begin sort of materializing out of nowhere and just assaulting this man. You watch him begin like throwing his hands around, trying to bat them away, but they're appearing and disappearing out of nowhere and just constantly accosting him.
0: Alright, then that ends my turn.
2: Alright, that'll bring us to the goons. So the one goon who's got the ravens on him is going charge towards you, Arpeggia. And with his fist out, he is going to launch a huge right hand towards you. Which is going to be a 14 to hit. Oh, that misses. All right. Are you wearing, you're wearing armor, aren't you? Yeah, I'm wearing athlete. Oh, wow. Yeah, as, as he goes to punch, you just put your armor and he punches directly into your cauldron, uh, we'll say. Uh, he immediately retracts his hand, shaking it, and looks and grimaces towards you. Uh, the other two goons seeing the more credible threat behind them turn around and then going to rush. Uh, one's going to rush towards you and attack uh, what weapon did I say he, has? he had? A uh, uh, pair of, pair of uh, brass knuckles. Yes. The brass knuckle fella's going to rush towards you. Uh, not very good, only a 10 to hit.
0: Yep, does not hit.
2: Alright, uh, he managed to slip out of the way of his punch as it goes over top of you. Uh, the other is going to come forward, and he is going to draw a short sword. And he is going to rush towards, we'll see, Arpeggio or Bob. Uh, 1 to 3 for Bob, 4 to 6 for Arpeggio. That's Bob. He's coming towards you, Bob. And he rolled a 13 to hit.
0: Yep, that hits exactly. All right. Uh, How far is Bob from me? I would have stayed, like, right in the entrance of whatever alleyway we were in, so if you moved forward at all, uh, I would be however
4: many feet back, probably. Oh, so you're within 10 feet of me? I mean, because of uh, this battle standard has some special qualities to it, anybody within 10 feet of me can use its reaction uh, to use dodge action whenever they get hit, so... Did you? Keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Did you move forward at all on your turn?
4: I moved ten feet forward. Yep. So then I would then be exactly ten feet away. Okay.
0: Will you take the dodge action? Uh, it's as a reaction, correct?
4: As a reaction upon getting hit.
0: Yep. I would take the dodge, dodge action then for the rest of the turn.
2: Okay. So that
0: means I roll now with disadvantage with any subsequent attack. So if I get attacked okay. again, then it would be disadvantage. Okay. okay.
2: All right. You take a whopping four points of damage as you have uh, just slipped this punch. The other bandit runs up the side dude and slashes at you. You manage to get nicked across the side of the ribs.
3: Okay. So nothing too deep. And that will bring us then to Cherno's turn. All right. Well, since this is one of the big boss-ish guys, we're going to actually use these I'm Racial spells don't count for one of my spell slots, correct? Uh,
0: no, they don't use a spell slot if they're once per long rest, or I short rest, or whatever. What
3: cool. Then I'm going to kind of angle myself like 10 to cast Burning Hands. Alright. Uh, there is a five-foot space to the side
2: of both Bob and Arkeggio They so can get there, and you would be able to hit all of them. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and the merchant. Uh, <laughs> so you may need a... Mm, do we not want to hit the person <laughs> Alright, up to you. He can roll a deck save as well. <laughs> What? well. So before I do this, do we know anything about the merchant other than he's a merchant? Uh, no. He's just a merchant man. He appears to be carrying wealth that the uh, four of these people wanted to acquire, and he is charged
3: away, terrified for his life. Alright. I uh, don't want to hit him, but... This is unlikely to kill anybody. I say with great confidence. Um. <laughs> but yeah, we'll try. I'll be like, I hear you like feeling a torch. Now you burn, and then I will do. <laughs> All right. Uh, one fail, one natural twenty success. Uh,
2: another fail. I assume. What's your spell save DC? Uh, eight.
4: Plus, okay.
3: that one is, and. So 10 plus the 12. All
2: right, so two of them got 11. One got a natural 1 and one got a natural 20. So only one succeeds, and that is one of the goons. Baruch failed.
3: Oh, and the merchant succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and that does 3d6 of fire damage. This merchant's so dead. (laughs) (laughs) It is? Okay. No, maybe oh maybe cool. not. Ten oh, damage. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> So the bandits in front of you immediately accosted with flames, uh, raising their hand up. One of them uh, one of them that failed, Bob does the fire damage.
0: Yep, the increase. next instance. <laughs> yeah, the next instance of damage, so it would take an additional eleven points of damage. Oh wow.
2: Uh <laughs> That goon, shielding his face, uh, sets ablaze, and you watch as the ravens begin flying in and, like, almost stabbing through him and materializing out the back as his body is just flailing everywhere and he falls limp to the ground on fire. Uh, the other two bandits, one of them appears incredibly injured as his arms and uh, the clothing begins to burn, and the other appears like he's managed to duck behind the other one and not taken the full brunt. Uh, Taruk doesn't seem too fazed by it, but the Merchant Man at the back uh, screaming on fire like one of those, (laughs) what you'd expect a movie scene to be where the man's like flailing his arms in the air as he's on fire as he falls to the
3: ground unconscious. Lovely. And just for flavour, all my flames are coloured blue. (laughs) 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 Alright, and that is my turn.
1: Alright, wow. Big turn for you. Uh, Elsa, your turn. Right, yes. Um, so, is the merchant the only one here that's looking mostly dead, besides uh, like, the other guys? One of the one of the goons
2: fell down on the ground unconscious as he was both burned and then stabbed through the
1: body with ravens. Yes, okay. Are the, are the goons kind of blocking the way to the merchant, or is there enough uh, to go? Your allies would be technically blocking
2: the room for... Yes. Currently, okay. Um. Well, I then... believe I believe the ruling isn't it, Bob, that if a allied creature is blocking
1: your space, you can move through them as long as they're willing.
0: Correct. Yeah, you can move through an allied creature's space. No problem. All right.
1: Then I would like to. Um. Well, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch my shield, and there's kind of an emblem of a of a platinum dragon on there, and it's gonna kind of grow kind of a faint red, and you'll all feel this, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this feeling welling up inside, that your abilities have, have uh, you, you have a little bit more confidence. You feel like you can you can do at least one D4 better on your next, um, <laughs> on your next tactical war saving throw.
0: If you had to quantify uh, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, on a scale from 4 to 20, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to cast bless. Um, all three of you get uh, d four on your next attack or check, and then I'm going to try and make my way towards the merchant who is dying. Is he dying? Uh, yeah, he's not dead. I rolled his hit
2: points and he had four HP, so he's only one. He was only one hit. Well, one damage
1: over, so he's currently unconscious. Right. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to make my way over that way. Do I get all the way to him, or am I kind of halfway there? Uh, he is at the back, 15 feet. The rest of the
2: three goons that are still alive are sort of clumped in front of him, but off to the left. So there is a five-foot
1: space to run around, but you would get one attack opportunity. I am just going to stay behind the other key then. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that will be it for my turn.
2: Alright, oh, so Taruk seeing this huge gout of flame emerge from your like, hands, Cherno is going to charge towards you, uh, pulling out this massive shovel, and Uh-oh. he is going to attempt to whack you over. Oh damn, that's going to be a massive hit. Uh, 25 to hit.
3: Yeah,
4: I have all of AC here. Yeah, oh wow. Oh, oh, oh 25. Uh, I'm good. Oh, I read reaction. Never mind. You take
2: 11 points of bludgeoning damage as you are whacked with this giant shovel across the head. A huge clang rings out through the alleyway that you're in. Ow! And <laughs> <laughs> that, that is going to end Taruk's turn right in front of you. I should mention as well, he stared, how tall is your character? Six feet. Oh, right, he stands four foot forward, and you're just sort of looming down at you, smacking you with this shovel that's probably a good five feet long. Uh, lovely <laughs> <laughs> alright that'll bring us to the merchant who will make a death save uh, that's a fail one fail for the merchant and that'll bring us back to the top with Alpeggio. ok so who is within reach right now uh, there are two bandits and Tarook. they're all sort of gathered up uh, taking up the vault of this 15 foot uh, walkway Taruk's on the far right in front of Cherno. Uh, The bandit who managed to dodge with the brass knuckles is in front of you and the bandit with the short sword is off to your left in front of Bob. Oh, okay.
4: I'll be taking my fight and I'll be attacking through. Is he within 10 feet of me from where I am? He is, yes. Okay, I'll keep doing that. Oh, so all of them are within 10 right? What was that, sir? All of them are within 10 feet? Yes, that was correct. Oh, that's a 16? Yes, that's a hit. Okay, piercing damage. 10, oh wait no, 11 piercing damage. Oh wow, that's including the plus 1 from my ambit of authority. Okay, and as a bonus action, I'm gonna be using Icon of Might. Okay, so enemies within the radius of my battle, battle standard suffer minus one to attack votes. So within that bit of me. Okay, and that's my turn. All right, you pull your pike out and stab it into the stomach of Taruk.
2: You sort of turn it and withdraw it and you watch a large amount of blood begin spilling out of his chest, oh, out of his stomach, sorry. He grimaces and looks over towards you, gritting his teeth. The large tusks Uh, sort of covered in spittle as he growls at you. The others look terrified that you've just done this and then you... How would you activate your
4: negative one to their thing? Are you like shouting at them or...? No, I I did the same thing as before, stomp. I just stomp my battle standard on the ground. Alright.
2: Realizing they're up for a very hard fight, they all begin sort of looking halfway between terrified and halfway between super progressive. And that'll
0: bring us to both. All right. I am going to once again get dark and twisty in a way that I am not proud of. And I will, how far away is within 10 feet? So I would march up to the big half ogre and I would swing down my, uh, packed glaive at him. And I'm going to burn one of my discord points as part of the harlequin And I'm going to do that dual cantrip casting with Booming Blade and Death in Chorus. So as I swing this glaive down, I shout out at the top of my lungs, Your death has been foretold! And it's once again in that three-part weird harmony. And so then, Booming Blade, I make the attack roll, and the target suffers the normal attack. Otherwise, the spell fails, and on a hit, the target suffers the normal effects, and if it moves willingly, it takes an additional 1d8 thunder damage. And then with death in chorus, uh, as I shout out, I need a wisdom save, or they can use their reaction to cover their ears. Either way, they take damage, or if, if they fail the wisdom save, they take damage regardless. All
2: right, they would definitely not try and cover it cover
0: his ears, but he's not very wise. We'll see how he goes here. Oh, natural 20. Oh, no. Okay, then he definitely saved against it, so then, let's see here. So there's no damage on the cantrip, but I definitely hit, uh, rolled a nat, 19 plus uh, 4, so then he takes the 1d8 damage, or 1d10 damage plus 2, and then uh, he's also sheathed in that thunder. Uh, So that was 9 points of damage. Wow.
2: And was that including a plus one from our uh, Fedeu?
0: Oh, no, it was not. So then that would be 10 points damage. All right, and that is
2: exactly what you need as you strike down at Tarouk's sort of fiddle flying off the front of his teeth towards all of you as he's incredibly angry that you've ruined what would have been a great steal off of this merchant. Uh, you strike down with your glaive and you watch him. Oh, you feel him fall limp underneath your strike as he plummets to the ground in front of you
0: okay then uh, that would end my turn all right
2: that would bring us to the goons so the two goons left over are going to take their turn to disengage and begin running 30 feet away from you leaping over the body of the bed and hightailing it away
0: i wouldn't even move to do anything i
2: say we let them go not here for them all right then so none of you give chase as
1: they run away
0: I would probably, uh, since Alsafat is near the one dude, um, the merchant or whatever. I would probably uh, stabilize the other guy, even though I pronounced his doom. I would attempt to stabilize him because I have major uh, guilt oh,
3: issues. I can cast Bear the Dying, so I can just quickly do that on both of. First, I'm doing it on the merchant, though. So. Oh, all right. The
2: merchant's breathing steadies, and you watch his chest rising and falling as he is unconscious, but still alive.
1: Okay.
2: Alright, so you managed to find Taruk Dieljaw and bring him down. Oh, you've yet to search the body, Bob. Would you like to do that?
0: I would probably have too much guilt to search the body. I would let somebody else do it. I okay. will do it. Alright.
2: Uh, looking upon his body, you managed to find seven silver pieces, a very large shovel that as you grab it, you watch it begin shrinking down to your size, the weapon that he was using, Huh. and you also managed to find a small owlbear toy. Owlbear. Is it like a plushie or a doll, you think? Uh, it looks fairly well exactly like the one you saw in the orphanage.
0: Ah, oh, that's interesting.
2: And we will end it there, uh, having just defeated Karuk and his goons. Uh, his, the rest of his gang is still underground, and they will hide out, but he managed to cut the head off the snake there, and will be receiving a reward as promised via the contract. So we'll end it there and get back next session as you continue looking for the source of the Scorch and hunting down the gang leaders' credentials.
0: Farewell. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it, and since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.